Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Welcome to the Heme Consults Podcast. I'm your host, JSC Anwemena. I am a hematologist. I'm a clinician scientist. I'm a coach extraordinaire and business owner. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be talking with you today on today's podcast episode titled Build Self-Trust. Build Self-Trust. I'm excited to bring this episode to you with the theme of Proverbs chapter 31, verse 11. And I'm excited to talk about us building the opportunity, the ability to trust ourselves. Before I get started, I want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, that there is nothing impossible for you. Absolutely nothing. It's only impossible if you decide that it is. And since it's not impossible, then everything is possible for you. And so the question you're asking, the question I'm inviting you to ask yourself is not, is it possible for me, but do I want to do it? That's it. Do you want to? And that may be the hardest question for you to answer because people are always telling you that what you want may not matter. Our society says, well, it's not what you want. It's what you have to do. It's what you're obligated to do. But I'm inviting you to think about what do you want? What do you want? Because whatever you want, all of it is possible. But it's only possible if you decide, do you want a huge research program or maybe no research program at all? Do you want a whole cadre of mentees that you invest in generations from now? Your mentees are going to remember that you were the person who started this new thing where you invested in people in a way no one else had ever invested in them in the academy. Do you want to start a business? Do you want to stop doing clinical work? What is it that you want to do? Because whatever it is that you choose, Whatever it is that you choose, it is possible. And so I want to encourage you to stop thinking about the barriers. There are many of them, but don't focus on that. Focus on what you want, what you want to achieve, because what you want to achieve is amazing. It's incredible. And I want to invite you to think about how do you step into the space where you start to believe it's possible so that you can make it happen. All right. All right, let's get into today's episode. I am talking about building self-trust. <laughs> it's important for people to trust you, but more importantly, you should tr be able to trust yourself. And so I'm talking about you being the kind of person who can trust yourself because that matters more than other people trusting you. And the reality is that as you become someone you can trust, other people can trust you too. And the story that I want to share today is from, goodness, it, it's not even that long ago. It's, it's, to be honest, to some extent, still me today. It's the me who loves to please people. <laughs> I just want you to be happy with me. Please, please don't be mad. <laughs> and what does that mean? It means that sometimes I don't want to make other people uncomfortable and say no when I know they want to hear yes. And so what do I do? I look and I say, oh my gosh, I don't have time on my schedule for that. It's not one of my priorities, but yes, I'll help you because I really do want to help. Absolutely want to help. And 
somewhere in my mind, there's the dream that I can do all of it. <laughs> and I can't, I can do everything I choose, but everything I choose doesn't necessarily serve my mission. It doesn't necessarily serve my vision. And the reality of priority is that the moment you choose another priority, one of the priority falls lower on the, on the priority list. It's the way it is. It's not that we don't have time. I, I always hesitate to go with that scarcity of time type of mindset. There's not enough time that there's always time. There's as much time as you choose. The question is, is it your priority? Are you going to give energy to it? Because there are, you know, we talk about priorities. There's like the highest priority. And then there are the other things that fall below that priority. And you, the thing that it matters most is the thing you end up working on first before you can move to the next one. So it's just a matter of where can you focus your energy? Anyway, so there I am in, in the midst of situations where I'm like, of course, I'll help you do that. For example, I recently was invited to lead a project where we would create a, se a series of outcome measures for our field, which is a pretty big, 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 big thing. It's a good thing. It's great. But I was asked first about three, four years ago, and I remember jumping into it with gusto and being excited about all the manuscripts that would come out of it. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be so good. And then I wrote two papers that came out of that and they never got submitted. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I remember for years thinking, oh, those were going to be two publications that I could add to my record. And over time, because the person who was leading it was not really ready to move it forward, I just kind of had to let things go. And what did that mean? It didn't mean that over time, not necessarily because of this particular disappointment, but over time, I just developed my own research program. I developed my own list of projects and I was the one moving them forward. So it wasn't up to somebody else to decide when the project would move forward. It was always up to me to decide when the project would move forward. And because moving projects forward is my priority, I ended up moving a lot of my own projects forward. So by the time it came back around to when this person was ready for us to move forward with this project, I was a little bit more lukewarm about it. At first, I've been super excited, but now I was coming back with the lens of, mm, yeah, last time I put a lot of energy into it and we didn't go anywhere. What's different this time? <laughs> but I had two kind of thoughts about it. My first was that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is such an opportunity. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. I, I, want, I want to take this opportunity. And then the second was that, well, I put a lot of I'll put a lot of energy into it already. I already wrote two manuscripts that I want to see published. Yes, I'm going to do this. And to some extent, it was all a fear of missing out. It was a fear of, of saying, it was, it was a fear of, well, if I let this go, will I have enough? <laughs> and the reality is that having worked and built a research program, I have a lot of projects that are, that are moving forward. And so it really is additional to work that I already am working on and work that I already should be doing. And so anyway, but of course, fear of missing out and not wanting to disappoint this person, knowing that somebody else would easily step into my spot. I was like, oh yeah, of course I'll do it. And even when I said, of course I'll do it, like there was already that feeling inside of me saying, this is not going to be my priority. This is not going to be my priority, but you know, I never like to commit to something and not commit. But in reality, I was dragging, I was dragging. It would be time for meetings and I would attend the meetings, but I wasn't all in. And sometimes there would be a need for second, a second meeting in the day and I would be not so excited about it. And so even though I was committed, 
even though I was showing up, I knew that I wasn't showing up wholeheartedly. I also knew that I wasn't putting in my best. And I knew I wasn't putting in my best because I didn't really care about the project like that anymore. I'd had enough disappointments in this project and I had other things to do such that the project was not a priority for me anymore. And yet I kept going and yet I kept attending meetings and yet I kept showing up as if I was really invested. And there just was a misalignment between how I was feeling and how I was showing up. And when I was showing up, when you make a commitment, it's important to see the commitment through. But I do feel like There are stages that we get to in our career where we don't do things just because we have to or because we feel obligated, but we do things because we want to, because we love to, because the energy with which we show up is different from the energy of obligation. And to be honest, it doesn't make sense for you to be doing things out of the energy of obligation when there are other people who would do the same thing for love if you would just move out of the way. Oh my goodness. And so what am I sharing from that? Number one is that I wasn't honest. I wasn't honest about my interest in the project. I was maybe to some extent honest about my desire for the secondary gain, right? I wanted to be the person who's known as one of the, the pioneers of this outcome system for our field, but it wasn't really what I wanted. Like working on the project didn't excite me anymore. In fact, I didn't really need this thing that I said I wanted to, I needed to have. And so why did I say yes? And when I said yes, then I had to now try to follow up to or, or, or catch up to my commitment. And I really struggled. And every time I showed up at the meeting and I wasn't really invested, I didn't feel good about myself. There was a misalignment between how I was showing up in the world and how I was and what I was doing, a misalignment. And that's one of the things I really want to talk about when it comes to self-trust is that can we get to a point where our word is our word? It's, It's real. Not that we say something and then we have to struggle to commit to it, but that we don't commit until we know we want to, until we know we, 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 we choose to, until we know it's the thing we need to commit to. And again, I always think about the fact that yes, it is part, part of my socialization to make people happy to be people pleasing. And I, I've, I've done a lot of that in my lifetime and there's a lot of unlearning to be done, but I don't get to point to the past and allow that to be my excuse for how I show up in the present. It's like, well, okay, that's the way it used to be. How do you want it to be now? And the reality is there will never be enough time to do all the things we don't want to do. Again, that's attributable to an author I read that I never remember, and I'll have to put in the show notes. I always say that, (laughs) but there isn't enough time for all the things you need to do. And then some, and so what are the things you want to do? What are the things you do that really contribute to the world in a way that's uniquely you? And can you build self-trust by only committing to the things that matter to you? This is really important because every idea you have Every thought you have is, is uniquely yours. It is. I mean, all of our thoughts are thoughts that we've formulated based on many things that people have shared with us. So no, no thought is ever uniquely ours, but we interpret things uniquely. We collect all these ideas and the way they come out through us is unique. And so when you share a thought, when you share an idea, when you create something, 
it comes out of the cumulative experience of you as a human, the places you've been, the people you know, the experiences you've had. So your ideas are uniquely yours. And the way you execute on your ideas is different from the way somebody else would execute, even given the same blueprints. And that's why the things that you are excited about matter so much, because if you do not execute on it as is in your heart, it is unlikely that someone else will do it. I mean, it's like the computer. The computer was going to be created anyway, right? It was just time. It was just a season. It was already happening. Steve Jobs, the Microsoft guy. What's his name? Bill Gates. <laughs> Steve Jobs, Bill Gates were not the first to conceive of the concept of the computer. It was already happening. And to be honest, if they had not stepped into their role, we would still have computers. We would still have computers that were accessible to all. But what we wouldn't have was their specific flavor. So kind of the elegance and the, the way Apple shows up really has to do with the way Steve Jobs approaches the world or approached the world when he was living, right? This whole thing about typesetting and, and, and the beauty of writing came, I understand, from a calligraphy class that he took. Somebody else could have done what he did, but they wouldn't have done it in the same way. And that's what I'm saying about you. You are uniquely, amazingly configured to do the work you do. And part of building self-trust is showing up in that way and not taking time away from your innate and unique abilities just to make other people happy by doing something else that doesn't really make you happy. And as I say that, I'm speaking to myself because I know that to be true. I don't wanna do things that don't excite me anymore. And it's not just, a, oh, I'm being frivolous. It's about the fact that if I don't do the things I really want to do, who is going to do them? And if I take up space doing the things that other people actually want to do and would be really excited about doing, then I'm taking up space that belongs to someone else. And so being true to yourself, aligning and having integrity with who you are and how you show up in the world is critical for your growth and development, but also for the benefit of those around you. And so the first thing I invite you to do is to have alignment between what you want to do, what excites you, and the work that you put your efforts into. The second thing I want to share with you is that it doesn't matter how many other people trust you if you do not trust yourself. You matter the most in this whole journey. Like if you are mean or snarky or just ugly in any way, you don't really hurt the people across the room from you. You hurt yourself first. Oh, you'll hurt people. Absolutely. You, you be mean, you will hurt people. But the first person that gets hurt is you. If you come up with a comeback that really just gets somebody, it's like, oh, I got you. The first person you got is yourself. And so I want you to think about all the ugliness that is in you, whatever, wherever it comes from, and this is not judgment. It's just, you know, there's bitterness there. And there's a reason why there's bitterness. Like people have hurt you. It's real. People have said things about you. People have not accepted you. They've not welcomed you into community. There are a lot of reasons that you may be mad or angry in the world that make sense. But it's time to let them go. It's time to let all that ugliness go. Because... If you say things that are not in alignment with 
how you feel. Like if you're like, oh yeah, I really like you. <laughs> and inside you're like, yeah, you're the worst person I've ever met. There's not an alignment between what, how you're showing up in the world and how you're feeling inside. And that hurts you. And so I hear people ask me, it's like, well, should I be pretending? Well, actually you kind of sort of already are. They're like, okay, so if I don't like someone, should I, should I actually show them that I don't like them? Should I make it clear? Well, what I'm really saying is something different. I'm saying, I'll stop not liking them. Like, oh, wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean stop not liking them? Like whatever they've done to hurt you, whatever they've done that makes you feel like you've got to get them or you've got to pay them back, let it go. It is easier said than done, but it's so important. I'm not saying show up in the world in a way that's not genuine. I'm not saying smile at people when you really would rather be, you know, mad at them. And to be honest, most of the time, that's what we're doing anyway. We're pretending to like people we don't like. <laughs> what I'm saying is stop not liking people. Don't, don't leave it up to them. Don't leave it up to them. Oh, they've hurt you. I, and I want to be clear that if people do things that are hurtful whether they do it intentionally or they don't. What I'm saying is that as long as you're holding on to the hurt and using that hurt to drive your interaction with them, you're hurting yourself. If you're showing up with the ugliness, you're hurting yourself. But if you're pretending that you are nice and civil to them, meanwhile, inside you think they're awful, it hurts you too. And so I want to invite you to think about all the people who've hurt you in your career, in your life, maybe mom, maybe dad, mentor, your colleagues, they've betrayed you. They've done things to you that ought not to be even talked about. And I want you to just consider that your journey doesn't involve them. Where you're going, who you're going to become, it's not about them. It's about you. And to the, ex the, to the extent to which you are holding on to them in your mind because of something they've done, you are being held back from being all that you can be. Your destiny, your future, your purpose depends on letting go of the things that drag you down and all these ugly feelings of anger and bitterness and frustration at people, they do hold you back. And so part of building self-trust is saying, I let go of all these ugly emotions that I am trying to manage every time I'm in conversation where I'm like, let me not say bad things about this person, even though I don't think they're that hot. All those things, all those things just weigh on you. And if you have the opportunity to let them go, gosh, you move further and fast, so much faster. You're lighter. Life is, is, is easier. It's better. But what's important is that there is an alignment between how you show up in the world and how you feel inside. And so if their feelings are not, if the feelings are not right, it's time to get them right. So I just want you to pause with me. Think about all the people who've hurt you. Think about the people who you think about all the time because they make you so mad. And if they would just fix their, their lives or fix the way they talk, your life would be better. Think about those people now. And I just want you to offer them forgiveness. I want you to say out loud, after me, I forgive you. You call their name, call their name and say, I forgive you. And say, I no longer hold you accountable. I let everything go. 
Now you may find that you will need to do this again over and over again, but it is so important. It's so critical to building self-trust where you feel like when you show up and you smile, it's real. There's not the secret, I wish you were dead kind of thought in the background of that smile. It's real. Even when they've hurt you, you can show up and, and be genuine and be real and be kind because it really is the way you feel inside, recognizing that what they've done in demonstrating their ugliness to you is show you that they can't go far with you. They, they just can't be part of your journey, but it doesn't mean that you can't be kind to them when you see them or when you do, when you do interact with them. And I think that's important to building your self-trust, becoming a person that you can trust, knowing that when you say I'm okay, it's real. And when you say I'm not okay, you either have the courage to say it or you fix the not being okay so that you can say I'm okay. And so, and so it's important aligning, aligning how you feel inside with how you show up outside. The third thing I would invite you to do is to recognize that it is not up to anybody. Your experience in life doesn't belong to anybody else. When we were growing up, a lot depended on our parents or whoever our parental figures were growing up. But today, it depends on us. And at some point, we do need to sh make the shift from other people are responsible to f for my life to I'm responsible. To some extent, as physicians and as, as clinicians, there's this sense of like, well, you know, the program is responsible, the mentor is responsible. And as long as you do that, you could only remain a child, right? Only children depend exclusively on parents for all of their needs. But adults, adults take control of their own experience. And so part of building self-trust is recognizing that you can do it. You can lead. You don't have to wait for somebody else to tell you what to do. You don't have to wait for someone else to drive your research program for you or tell you what clinical things you should be doing. You don't have to. I mean, you can if you want to, and many of us do that. It's just easier to just have somebody else making the decisions. And if that's what you choose, choose it actively. Don't choose it passively. A part of building self-trust is betting on yourself and recognizing that you can do it. You absolutely can. Oh, yeah, it may be hard. There's no doubt that there are hard things, but you can. And the question is, do you want to? Stop depending on other people for your forward motion because honestly, they've not done a good job so far moving you to where you need to be. Or maybe they have, but they can only take you so far. The journey that you are on, the amazing contribution that you're bringing depends on you. It depends on you taking charge and going where nobody else has gone before, going where people will not go with you. It is the key. It's a key to your breakthrough. It's a key to your success. It's being willing to go the distance, even if nobody else will go with you. Part of that is to stop asking people to show you where to go and become the one who leads yourself in the direction that you know deep inside you're supposed to go. And that direction doesn't look like anything anybody else is doing. And that's why it feels scary. That's why it feels like, oh my gosh, I don't have the courage but it is the direction that fulfills you because it's the direction that cries out from inside you and you should pay attention to that. 
And until you start to pay attention to the voice you hear on the inside, you're going to struggle and struggle. <laughs> and maybe a choice you make. I want to struggle. I prefer not to do the hard things of being bold and courageous. You can choose that, but you want to choose it intentionally. And I invite you. I invite you first to not settle. Don't settle for mediocrity. And by mediocrity, I don't mean, I don't mean the bad word mediocrity. I mean, don't settle for anything less than who you are, who you're supposed to be, who you're called to be. Don't settle. Maybe you choose to settle because it's easier. You want to make sure that you're doing it from a place of choice, not from a place of feeling as if you have no choice. So don't settle. Don't settle for bad feelings and then trying to show up in the world as if those bad feelings don't exist. Address those bad feelings. Don't settle for living a divided life where inside of you, you're different from how you're showing up on the outside. Don't settle. So many people are living this way. Oh, you can see them. You see the result of their experience. It's not good. <laughs> Unless that's what you want for yourself. Don't settle. The second thing I want to invite you to do is to build self-trust by recognizing who you are and what's inside of you, what you're capable of. I know that many times people may have told you, you can't do it. Or you're too old. Oh, you're too young. Oh, people of color don't succeed in this way. It doesn't matter what they've said. You build trust in your ability because you are capable, more than capable. The question will always be, do you want to? And if it's what you want, then you should absolutely go for it. And as you go for it and as you succeed, you do build the trust. Because <laughs> as you start to move forward, you start to see that you can. And that's so amazing and so powerful and it's so motivating and it moves you forward. It absolutely moves you forward. The third thing I would invite you to do is to create the agenda that you wish to follow. I'm saying don't accept the default agenda. I once read a book and the author said, the only place that the crowd can lead you to is the exit. <laughs> don't follow the crowd. Their story is not your story. Your story is uniquely, beautifully, amazingly, perfectly you. So create the agenda, set the direction, set your course, decide where you're going, and then go execute on it because you can. But again, only if you choose to. Oh, yes, the path is hard. Oh, definitely. But that is part of the fun, the challenge, the muscles that are going to be built as you are going through trying to make all this work. It'll be so worth it because when you look back, on the work of your creation, you're going to say, mm, this is very, very good. <laughs> and so women of color in hematology, I invite you to think differently about your experience. Don't look around and say, what, are, what is everybody else doing? That's what I want to do. Don't do that. Ask yourself, how do I want to show up? How do I want to contribute? And that's what I'm inviting you to do. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I also want to remind you that I am coaching. I have three coaching slots left for this year, three individual coaching slots. I do have group coaching slots open. 
And if you're interested, please definitely reach out by DM or you can sign up for a coaching consultation call. I'll have the link in the, in the show notes. Definitely do that and recognize that until you take the steps to move yourself forward in the way you want to, it may take you a long time to get there <laughs> or you may never get there. But as you take ownership of your experience, as you start to create the experience you want, you know what will happen? You inspire so many people to come alongside you as well. Your life will be a walking billboard. So choose what you advertise carefully. All right. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. I look forward to talking with you again the next time. Please share this episode with one other person.